Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Helipod, as always, is brought to you by Viore Clothing. Been a staple of my wardrobe for, I don't know, two, two and a half years now. Absolutely love the stuff. It is the finest athleisure wear on the planet. They make everything. Shorts, pants, joggers, t-shirts, hoodies, board shorts. If you're going to the beach, you're playing a little volleyball. I mean, this, this stuff is so versatile. It can go from hot yoga to the Peloton to hoops to the grocery store. Uh, if you're lounging around the house, you're on Zoom calls all day, nothing's better than Viore Clothing. V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod, and you get 20% off today. My wife absolutely loves the joggers. Viore clothing.com slash helipod. Get 20% off your first purchase today. Trust me, it's worth it. The Helipod is also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and we're giving all new users a chance to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. Just make sure you deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. How great does that sound? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook up now. Use the promo code HELIPOD when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. You pick any team during week four of the NFL season. You bet $1 on them, and you win $100 if they win. That, that's probably the best deal that I've ever heard of. Use the promo code HELIPOD during sign-up for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Profit, boost, terms, and conditions, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. It is time now for the HELIPOD, presented by Viore. All right, MJD, here we go again. And uh, for the first time this season, there is a COVID outbreak in the NFL that has caused a postponement of the Titans-Steelers game. The Titans uh, had nine players and staff test positive for COVID this week. Their linebackers coach, Shane Bowen, tested positive last week. So that's 10 total people in the organization. The NFL was uh, taking their time to decide exactly what to do. And once they had an additional player test positive they decided to postpone that game to uh to monday or tuesday listen college football's had 23 games postponed or canceled because of covid we knew it was a matter of time but they're still going to play the game week four does that surprise you at all or not no not at all i mean they have to try to find a way to keep the continuity of the, of the schedule going um the thing is 
with with an outbreak like that, you want to try to eliminate uh, or eliminate any more or anyone else getting affected. So what they what they've done is they've told the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, hey, this is what happens. So you guys need to quarantine. Uh, and they ten, did the contact. Yeah, the contact to see, to see if, who's yeah. touched. The same thing happened in Atlanta because uh, they almost postponed Atlanta's game. I bet you the Falcons wish they did, but it's so neither here nor there. Uh, we knew this was going to happen, so the league had these protocols in place. I think it's awesome, but what it puts you at a disadvantage. And I think on the first podcast we talked about is the responsibility is not just the players. It's everyone, coaches, staff, and it affects the outcome. And so now you have, what, four or five guys that won't be able to play, so you'll have backups playing in certain positions. Practice squad guys moved up to fill your roster to be able to go out there and play against a very, a very good Pittsburgh Steelers team. And so that's going to affect the outcome, right? And so, you know, if Tennessee's able to pull this one out, awesome. But the chance of you win now, because this league is based off of your best players being available, you may not have an opportunity to win. Yeah, this is going to be tough, man. The facility in Nashville shut down until Saturday, so – they may have one full practice and a walkthrough. I, I, well, think about this. The guys need to get treatment. Where do you get it from? Uh, how do you stay in shape, right? Because we are, when you practice, it's more about just keeping your cardio up. You're running around, doing different things. Are you, are you going to go back to just working out now? Like, what are you going to do to keep – what about lifting? What about all the things that you have to do throughout the course of the week, not just being in meeting rooms and game planning? It's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes into it. Uh, it puts them at a, a very big disadvantage. All right, that's going to be an interesting one to follow. We're going to pick that game coming up here in just a few minutes. Also, I did not say off the top of the show, but I wanted to let you know that James Robinson, rookie running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, perhaps the best running back to wear that uniform since this man will be coming up on the show here in just a few minutes. All right, you saw Josh Allen uh, last week take on your Rams. Mm -hmm. um, in the first couple of weeks of the season, to me, he made a similar jump to that of Lamar Jackson that Lamar made from year one to year two. Uh, it's obviously year three for Josh. I think he's been nothing short of spectacular. Your impressions after calling that game? Well, I think the Buffalo Bills did what they were supposed to do, right? When you have a young quarterback like that, you have to continue to add weapons around him. Um, and we talked about this, that the addition of Stephon Diggs, even though he didn't really show up in the game as much, his presence was felt. Um, and it allowed other guys to get open. Cole Beasley had over 100 yards. Um, it allowed John Brown to get some plays in, but it also opened up for those tight ends. And Josh Allen showed that he is a very – he is the Ben Roethlisberger. You know how Big Ben used to throw guys off him and run? And right. That's literally what he did. I mean, Aaron Donald was hanging on him at one point. He had him, like, at bay, and he was trying to throw the ball, uh, get sacks and fumbles. But, I mean, he is a strong quarterback. He's a playmaker. He's athletic. They use him in the red zone. I, I would say think of uh, he's the mix between Cam Newton and Big Ben. Ben. That's scary, and, and man. That, and that is. And so if they can get a running game going like they had with uh, Devin Singletary and the play-action pass, he threw some great passes. Uh, I mean, he showed touch. He showed poise. Uh, he did everything that you look for. And it's funny because you don't really hear a lot about him in that quarterback class because of Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold being in uh, in New York, and obviously Baker Mayfield being the number one pick. But he, I think he may be the second best quarterback in that whole class. And, I again, I'm a guy that didn't believe in his, his skill set because – because he wasn't accurate. I didn't yeah, believe right. in it either. I thought he was a big, strong guy. I, th I thought there were shades of Cam there, but like he just wasn't accurate. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden, you put some guys around him, he's fixed some of his mechanics and his accuracy. I think the one thing that he needs to understand is you need to let, like, let sometimes let the play go. Don't try to keep extending it because that's when you get your turnovers and things like that. But, I mean, he's a playmaker. And, he, and the Buffalo Bills, got they got, they got one. They got him one, 
And now the question is, can the, can this guy and this team take it all the way? Well, they are certainly trying to build around him. Are you worried about the Ravens after uh, watching Monday night? They're now 0-3 against Kansas City. I mean, it's I feel like it's an overplayed and over-talked-about storyline, but it's true. As of right now, they cannot play from behind. Lamar didn't even pass for 100 yards. Mahomes shredded the secondary. Yeah, I mean, that's not what they. That's not who they are. And you have to remember, like, I can't go into a, a bar and, and – like try to sell a woman on a uh, on something that I'm not, and then down the road she's eventually going to find out that I'm not that because my natural instincts or my my just who I am by nature is going to come through. So Same you can't, with, you're not going to be able to walk in there and say, "Hey, my name's MJD. I'm six feet tall." Yeah, I can't do that, right? <laughs> Which is fine. I don't need to. But what I will say is, when Baltimore run, runs their game plan, they they're they're unstoppable. And so I was very surprised that they didn't go for it on fourth down in the red zone on the first drive. I was very surprised to see them try to run like pass plays in that area when they normally just run the read option and they just maul guys. Um, and that happens a lot. Sometimes, and, and a lot of that happens when you have these high-profile games. You have OCs that want to be head coaches. They try to showcase more than what they are instead of just – if you win games as an OC and you put up points, you will get an opportunity to be a head coach. I promise you. But the, the first thing you have to do is win games. Like – Forget trying to, like, show how explosive your offense is on national television. Just go out there. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens last year when they played the Rams on Monday night, it was the one the most explosive game I've ever seen in my life, and they beat them up. Like, it was unbelievable. Against the Chiefs, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't see anything. And so – So you put this on Greg Roman. Well, yeah, it was the play calls. I, I mean, you, you can't ask – if Lamar, Lamar Jackson from the first drive, I think, had, like, 20 yards rushing. They were breaking off runs of, like – 10, 12 yards a clip, and then you start drop back passing. You get a first and 25, and instead of just running the ball, you try to go empty and throw it. Now it's second and 25. Now all of a sudden you have to play catch up, and that's when the Chiefs just took over at that point. They went up, what, 13-3? Then you had the kickoff return that brought you back into it, right. and then they scored again, and then you tried to, you know. And so you just can't – you have to play your game. And if you play your game, you'll be fine. You have the pieces to do that. You're you're a downhill physical team. This is one I just wrote an article on NFL.com about it. Did you write it? I did. Okay. People think that um, the physical. Well, I had help. Let me stop writing. <laughs> Brooks or so, uh, Brooks. I was just gonna let you roll yeah. right through that. Yeah, I, I was, but I had help. I know um, how it works, buddy. It's not a people think physical uh, teams are teams that have a physical style. No, it's about the temps, the rushing attempts. You know who the you know who leads the league in rushing uh, rushing attempts right now? Uh, Derrick Henry. No, the team. Oh, New England. No. The Los Angeles Rams. Is that right? Yes. They lead the league in rushing attempts. They are the most. Are you sure about that? I'm telling you. I'm looking that up right now. Go look it up. All right. That is a physical team because guess what? They are running the ball at you 40, what? I think it's like 39 to 40 times a game they're running the ball. That is what you want to do. Um, I want to say the Baltimore Ravens and the Niners are like around 30 times a game, which they're right there. But Baltimore should be up in the 40, 45. Totally agree. But they're not. And so that is the issue. That, that's, then you're not doing what you're, what you're built to do. And so what's the purpose of having all these big bodies out there if you're not going to utilize them? Wow, you're right. The Rams have, have run the ball 111 times. The Chargers, Patriots, Titans right behind them. Okay. Uh, where are the Ravens, you ask? They're right in the middle of the pack. Mm. They've only run the ball 88 times. So it's not like, don't tell me like you're a physical team, but you don't want to run the ball. Yeah, I feel it. Well, I mean, especially when you, Lamar can throw the ball. I'm not saying Lamar can't throw the ball, but you have, you have 
Mark Ingram, you have Dobbins, you have Gus Edwards, Edwards and you have Lamar. They have a fullback that weighs 312 pounds. You only have that for a reason. <laughs> right. Run the ball. You yeah. have all these tight ends. Well, you Run see you see this a lot with offensive coordinators, just thinking a little too much. Okay, uh, good news for the Ravens. Next up is Washington. That's not, not good news because Washington's good against the run. Yeah, but their offense is not going to be able to that, keep that, up. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying that all, the, the Washington Redskins – or Washington football team, excuse me. There you go. I do Washington that 100 football times team, a day. Um, they are very good at stopping the run. So it's one of those things. Come on. Just be a professional. Yeah, I know. I got, I'm getting a call from the Jaguars. They're letting me know that uh, – I'm going to text them right now while we're going. This is, this is live podcast. That's good. Um, be a professional though. Well, yeah, we got to so, find out about Jim Trump. Keep I, talking. I think the Washington football team they do a great job of stopping the run, and so that's going to be a concern. That's going to are you are you going to be committed to running the football? That's what you have to realize. Um, and like I told you, when you talk about the most physical teams, it's not style, because the Rams' style doesn't seem physical, right? It doesn't right. seem like they're running down. Like no, but they run the ball a lot, and they are a physical team, and they wear teams down. How do you think they made that miraculous comeback? You're losing by 28 or something like that. or I think it was 22 in the, at one point in the game, 25 maybe. And you're still running the ball. You know why? Because they're a physical football team. And they understand that's their makeup. All right. We're ironing out the, uh, the interview segment coming up here in a minute. Uh, let's get into a little quarterbacks. Let's talk about that Washington football team situation. Okay. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, three interceptions, four turnovers in that Happens. last game. That led to 24 points in that loss to the Browns. All the talk in Washington has been about how long – do you give Dwayne Haskins Who's next? in that role? Who's up? Well, you have Josh Allen, you have Alex Smith. Who? I'm sorry. You have Kyle Allen, you have Alex Smith. Who? Exactly. So what are you going to do? So you're not going to put Alex Smith in there. And you're, you better not put Kyle Allen there. We saw what he did la uh, last year with the Panthers. So I, Here's the here's the concern, and here's essentially what, what Ron Rivera alluded to. He said there are guys in the locker room that are playing well enough for us to win. We have to make sure everybody plays well enough. There is a cutoff point for me. There is. No, no, definitely. Okay, so if Dwayne is one of the worst players out on the football field continuously, how long can you leave him? in the? He, he's so he's been is, one of the worst two or three quarterbacks in the NFL thus far. Who, who are his – can you tell me his receivers? Okay, well, Terry that's, one, that's Ter one. Terry McLaurin. That's one issue, okay? And his tight end is an old quarterback from Virginia Tech. Like, right, you don't right. have no Logan Thomas, him. you have this young who's kid, his, Isaiah who's, Wright. Who's his you have Dontrell Inman. Yeah, those are those are journeymen. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have guys like Stefan. He doesn't have. Yeah. Look at Baker Mayfield. What they put around Baker Mayfield? Well, Odell and Jarvis Landry. Okay. What they put around Lamar? They put Mark Andrews. They put tight ends. Right. They, they, Hollywood like, Brown. Yeah. They you you have to put weapons around your your quarterback because it's the thing. Your quarterback has to be comfortable, and this is the one thing I tried to explain to people when the whole Houston Texans trade went down. Your quarterback has to be comfortable. When he gets in trouble, he can go to one guy, and he knows that where that guy is going to be in the back Terry of his Terry McLaurin's mind. that one guy. But there's no one else. Yes, they do not have you a lot of weapons. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, so, I mean, they so, have J – J.D. McKissick is, is a good, sound, professional running back out of the backfield. Antonio Gibson looks like he has some skills coming in as a rookie. Okay, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a bunch of young dudes or a bunch of journeymen. You can't expect him. And, and again, he hasn't played well. But don't tell me – do not tell me that, like – if you put it, gave him Julio and Calvin Ridley that he wouldn't put up numbers like Matt Ryan. He probably would. But you, you got to continue to put pieces around your quarterback. And I'm not making any excuses for him. He needs, his play needs to be better. But when you talk about quarterbacks, they're only as good as the pieces that are around them. Period. If you look at Patrick Mahomes, who is around Patrick Mahomes? 
Speed. Well, everywhere. Uh, First every, round picks. Yes. Talent everywhere. An unbelievable, an unbelievable tight end. Maybe the best tight end in football. L- look at who's around Deshaun Watson this year compared to last year. And it, why are his numbers dropped? Well, right. When Will Fuller's your number one and Brandon Cooks is not the same Brandon Cooks we saw hey, a few years ago. Hey, you catching this on camera? You, it, it, it makes sense, right? Like, it's kind of like my quarterback needs some guys. I yeah, shouldn't trade some, away. Some, but sometimes you have to make the throw. And right now, Dwayne is not doing that very often. He may not trust the just, guys. But just answer there. my question. Do you give him the whole season? Or do you why, give him the halfway I? point? Well, this is the thing. If, I, if I'm the Washington football team, I need to make sure, one, that I get a full slate of what – let's be honest. They're not going to the playoffs. Agreed. So let's, let's – this is a year – Again, if you're do, if we're doing the five year thing or whatever whatever model you want to go off of, if this is I want to see a full year of Dwayne Haskins. Okay. I want to know what he's good at and what he's bad at. Okay. He does he throws well across the middle. Guess what? I'm going to go get bigger, stronger receivers to go across the middle. If or I'm going to go get tight ends or things that I think he does well. If I go back and look at his college tape, what is, what does he throw well? He throws the ball well over the middle. I'm not going to ask him to throw the ball outside the numbers. I'm not. That doesn't make any sense if he doesn't if he can't do it. So you have to add pieces around him. You have to understand who your quarterback is. You have to move forward with that. And, and if you look at all these other teams that have drafted quarterbacks, if you look at the Baltimore Ravens and what they did after they drafted Lamar Jackson, they're like, all right, this is what Lamar needs to do. We're going to build this thing around him. Oh, this is what Patrick Mahomes is going to do. We're going to build this thing around him. Then you get success. But if you try to put him into what you want, it ain't going to work. Well, I, I don't know. I think Scott Turner's actually done a pretty nice job uh, of play calling there in Washington, and he just hasn't been able to execute so far. But I don't disagree with you that you, you have to give him a chance. You can't bench him. The bye week, I think, is week eight for Washington. You, you can't, you you gonna, can't bench you him week bench eight. Unless it's Alex Smith, you're not going to I just think you can't risk if, if you're Ron Rivera, who is a smart head coach, who's a former player, you can't risk losing the locker room in the first year because you won't play the better quarterback. If, if, better if, quarterback? if Josh Allen... Or Kyle Allen. I keep saying Josh, I'm it's sorry. Yes, thank thing. you. If Kyle Allen is a better quarterback in that system and gives you a better chance to win games and players on the team know that, do you risk losing the locker room? This is what people... I, and I understand that because I've been in those situations. Um... Sometimes you you may think that, and then you know what happens? You put him out there, and he's worse. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, this is who we are. We got to be a running first football team and a defensive football team. Or, you know, we have to do these certain things. So it, it, when it comes to that, I, I think Dwayne Hassan pretty much got, like, the horrible end of the stick, to be honest. Like, you, you, you don't play him over Case Keenum. You draft him 15, but you don't play him. Then you finally decide to play him. Well, like, just, it just, he just – he It just was too much, man. Like – He wasn't ready. Jay Gruden didn't want to play him. Jay Gruden didn't want to draft him, but Jay's not there anymore. And here's what I worry about for Dwayne. He's not Ron's guy either. So they didn't draft him. So they could cut bait after the year. But I do think you have to give him 10, 12 games So, okay, if you're going to cut bait, why are you trying to win? If you have the chance to cut bait, why are you trying to win games? Because you got these other quarterbacks. That's the rub. You can go get uh, Justin Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence and if you're one of the top two picks. But if you, hey, if you win games, guess where you picking? You'll be eight right. and eight, seven and nine, six and ten every year because you're picking 12, 13, you got that all Justin the top Fields, talent. Trevor Lawrence pick up there. Yeah. And the uh, North Dakota State kid. All right. Um, I'm going to hit on a couple real quick because we have James Robinson coming up. Carson Wentz has been poo poo plater. He has the lowest passer rating in the NFL. Uh, you're not going to Jalen Hurts there. Not even for a second, right? No, you know, they're not going to. But that's what, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
We, why wouldn't you? He's been playing horrible just like Dwayne Haskins. Why wouldn't you do that? Well, because you're already paying him $128 million. And he has a ton of weapons around him. So there's, that's well, him. Well, he does not because he's playing without Alshon Jeffrey, who could be back. Deshaun Jackson has a hamstring injury. Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard on injury reserve. He has nothing around him. He has Zach Ertz. That's more than what, what Dwayne got. You, don't, you like Zach Ertz better than Logan Thomas? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Um, we got to get ready, man. We got James Robinson. You ready to talk I'm, I'm to? Ready, uh, I'm ready to go. The guy who's filling in your footsteps. And I ain't filling in mine. He's filling in Leonard Fournette's. Uh, he, uh, true, but I think he's more like you than he's like Leonard Fournette, don't you? Wouldn't you say? I mean, he's bigger than me. He's 5'10", 220 yeah. pounds. That's what he's listed as. Yeah, that's much, much bigger than I am. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Okay, I'm going to give you this. Who is James Robinson? For those of you who don't know, you probably see him in your fantasy leagues. Everybody's been picking Scored him up. 30 last week. Yeah, he was great. Undrafted out of Illinois State. As a high school senior, he ran for 2,461 yards, 44 touchdowns. He passed up his only big-time offer at Iowa to go to Illinois State. He ran for over 4,000 yards in four seasons for the Redbirds, almost 2,000 as a senior. But here's the deal. He ran a 4.64 at the Combine. That's an issue. He can run in four fives, uh, and he did it before. That pandemic hurt him because there, there weren't all the pro days and the workouts. Um, he did enough during camp. He really impressed with his pass pro, which is a huge deal for young running backs. He turned heads when they put the pads on despite no preseason games. The Jags cut Leonard Fournette, and then with injuries to other running backs on the roster, the Jags went with Robinson as their starter. He's the first undrafted player in NFL history to have 300-plus scrimmage yards and multiple touchdowns in his first three games. He's going into week four as the 11th leading rusher in the NFL with 210 yards, right behind Zeke. Without any further ado, let's welcome Jags running back James Robinson to the helipod. Fresh off the practice field, here he is, James Robinson. The biggest surprise in the NFL this year. Just like he drew it up, man, right? Exactly. Get on the field. Do what you got. What has it been like for you so far, and how much has changed for you personally, man, coming out of Illinois State and then just bursting onto the NFL scene like you have? Um, I mean, for me, it was more of coming in, and uh, when I was talking to the coaches, they were like, we're going to need you on special teams, and I said, that's completely fine with me. I mean, when they talked to my coaches back at Illinois State, I always asked them to put me on special teams, but they obviously didn't. But um. Yeah, for me, it was just getting on the field and trying to uh, play a role somewhere on special teams and then making the most out of my opportunity once I got the ball in my hands on offense. Well, yeah, speaking of offense, you know, watching your tape at Illinois State, uh, you guys ran a lot of downhill A-gap to A-gap, B-gap runs. It seems like you're running a very similar offense here with the Jaguars and Jay Gruden. Are there any similarities? And that's, is, did that help you speed up the process of learning the offense and playing fast the way you have the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's a lot alike, actually. Um, I don't think there's much anything different, really, other than the terminology. But, uh, yeah, I was able to pick up on it really quick. And uh, when I first got here, well, when I was when we were doing the virtual stuff, um, when I was going over, it was kind of like, this is just like Illinois State. So, I mean, I kind of just studied it until, like, the iPad died. So I was going over, walking out, walking through it throughout my house. What a crazy offseason, especially for a rookie, man. You have no OTAs or rookie minicamp. You know, at what point when you got there with all the guys and training camp started, did you say to yourself, I might actually be able to contribute to this team this year? Um, 
I would say uh, when I got the ball, I was able to make a play. Like if it wasn't two in a row, it was every other play. I had a big run and I just thought to myself, I just got to keep doing this because, I mean, we had a lot of guys in the backfield at the time when we first started. So I knew my uh, reps were going to be limited. So I just tried to make the most out of every single one. It's funny you say that because I remember when I got to Jacksonville, there was nine guys, right? And so you're trying to compete. Uh, what was that like in the classroom, though? Uh, obviously, you guys had Leonard Fournette there. You had a bunch of other guys there all working together. What was that competition like every day? Can you break it down for us? Um, I would say it was more of he really tested to see who knew the knew the most, really. I mean, you got Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson in there, so he knew he knew the offense pretty well. So he, they were, he really asked he didn't really ask him that many questions. So I mean, for me, it was more of um, knowing every single thing almost when he asked me a question, I just kind of tried to answer it really quick. Cause I knew, I knew it. I just didn't want to get, get like froze up and make him think I didn't know anything. So I think uh, studying the playbook was the biggest thing in a uh, room and getting out on the field and actually hearing it in a huddle was uh, the biggest thing. Cause you gotta go come out there and play fast. And if you don't know what you're doing, he's going to be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Throw someone else in there. So Chris Thompson, obviously very familiar with uh, offensive coordinator Jay Gruden from his time in Washington. Uh, Gruden loved Thompson up there. So I need I need a nickname for you, James. Is it, is it J-Rob? Is it J-R? What do the dudes call you? Every single one of those, J-R, J-Rob. Uh, Cole calls me Spinner for some odd reason. He started calling me that like the first throw around we had when I got here, and he's just been calling me that ever since. He calls you what? Spinner. 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 No, I'm not calling you that. I don't want you, you to no, call me spinner. Well, they, I mean, that's probably because all the moves he makes in the open field, the hurdling guys. Like, I, okay. So I got to, I have to ask you this because I, I never, I jumped one time and I fell on my head and I was like, all right, that's it <laughs> for your boy. Um, but it seems like, you know, you'll do whatever it takes. If it's jumping over a guy in open field, running through guys, um, trying to get in the end zone, like where, what have you learned? And, and to be honest with you, I, I actually got a chance to talk to somebody that's from your hometown that said, you've been doing this since high school on Pop Warner. So where does that come from? Um, just, just me as a football player. I mean, there's a lot of things that a lot of people think I can't do because they haven't seen me do it. But, I mean, the moment hasn't come for me to do that. Like Illinois State, uh, coming out, catching the ball out of the backfield, I didn't have that many catches. But that's not what we were because we had receivers to do that. We were a power power. Uh, we had an offense that we just ran the ball all the time. So I think um, there's a lot of things that people thought I couldn't do that I actually can. So, I mean, being able to do it here and showing what I can do, I mean, it's just great. James, I'm going to read some numbers to you because they don't even sound real, okay? 1,888, that's your freshman year of high school. 2,469, that's your sophomore year of high school. 2,200 plus your junior year and over 2,300 your senior year and 158 touchdowns. Are those real numbers? Yeah, yeah. How, so how did – you got one FBS offer from Iowa and you turn it down to go to Illinois State. Why only one offer and why Illinois State? Um, I would say for me it was more of I didn't do camps. I think I went to like a couple maybe. I went to like a camp and it was like probably almost 300, 500 kids there almost. And I got one rep on a route. So I was like, I don't really want to do the camp thing. So I, I went to um, East West, not East West, um, Blue Gray All-American Bowl for uh, 
down in Dallas, and I think I did pretty well there. But I mean, I think I just kind of relied on my tape to, uh, for offers and stuff like that. And then I visited uh, Illinois State my sophomore year. They actually offered me my sophomore year, and they just stuck with me throughout the whole thing, and I felt like I could play there right away. See, MJD, this is a broken system. When a guy like James Robinson gets one big-time offer, this is a broken system. Well, that, that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't talk about. It. And, James, you can kind of relay. Like, as a player, you have to push yourself nowadays because of social media, huddle, uh, camps, all these different things. And so a lot of these schools, Dan, back when I played, they, they would go out and try to find you. Now they just sit back and wait. And so what James says, like, he, he didn't – you know, again, it's, it, it, it's taxing. And so – that whole process, though, talk about just the high school process and then going to Illinois State and why, and then from there, just going all throughout Illinois State into where you are now. Um, so when I decided to go to Illinois State, uh, I think it, for me, it, it didn't, I didn't really have a lot of pressure. I think it was more of I knew once uh, that was the only offer, a big offer I had was Iowa, and then I decided to go there. It was more of uh, – I knew I was going to get asked why I didn't go there because it's a Big Ten school, all that stuff. But for me, it was I knew I could probably play there right away. So once I got there, it was same thing here, uh, making the most out of every single touch I got, uh, tried to score every single time. It was like I re reverse fields and practice and score. So I think um, being there or being there, um, it kind of helped me because I always had to work hard. Uh, there was people saying I wasn't fast enough probably for a Big Ten. I, I have films sent out to bigger schools. They just didn't offer. I mean, I, they came into my school and talked to me, but just didn't offer. Just told me to keep doing what I was doing, but obviously I was going to do that anyway. But other than that, that's it. What, what did you think when you when you got to Jacksonville? You're, you're an undrafted rookie, not from a big-time school. Uh, Leonard Fournette is the – obviously the number one running back, you're just thinking you're going to maybe play special teams and fight for a roster spot. Um, and then you see this dude, Gardner Minshew, who was a late-round draft pick with the big porn stash and walking around and probably cut off jean shorts. What was your initial reaction to Gardner Minshew? Oh, so the first time I saw him, I knew exactly what, who he was from, like, the first field. They were already on the other end. I knew exactly who he was because I could see the, the stash from far, from afar. Um, but once I, when I got here, it was, um, they are all cool, uh, very helpful. Whenever I needed a question asked, I'll go to him, I'll go to Chris, because he knew, I think he knew a lot, like the quarterbacks do, honestly. And then in the RB room, being around for net, I was, it was more of like, okay, I obviously know that they're going to go to him for now because he's here and I just kind of watched him to see what he does in practice, um, how he carries himself. And I just kind of trying to pick up on how he did things to see how, where I, cause I didn't really try to fit in. I just kind of go about be myself because they always say I'm quiet and all that. And then he always, Fournette will always try to talk to me. And I would talk to him back obviously because he's my teammate, but um, I think, Seeing all the guys and at the same time, it was it kind of brought the kind of brought me into the team more, and it made me feel more comfortable. Well, I have to ask this: with all the success you've had the first, uh, you know, to this point, what has it been like in the city, right? Because you know you're the only professional team there. 
Uh, Jacksonville, people from Jacksonville, they love football. They love running backs. Uh, what, what's the welcoming been like just when you will go to dinner or wherever you can't, you're at? You can't go out to dinner. Can uh, you go out to dinner? It's wide open. Can you do whatever you want or what? Um, they want us to really kind of, if we do go out, they want us to be outside. So, I mean, right. I think I went once, but you got to wear a mask and everything. Yeah, so you but I know people come up to you, right? I haven't gone out that much. <laughs> okay, well then don't go out then. But when you do, I promise <laughs> you that people will go, all right, this is the last thing before, because I, I, I know you guys, we see guys in the back, but all right, I'm going to give you two spots that you got to go to. Mayport, there's a, uh, there's a place they have fish sandwiches. It's fresh fish right off the boat. Get the tilapia sandwich. Uh, ask Tad. He may know about that one. And then um, do you are you a wine? Do you like to drink wine? No, dude. He's a rookie. Rookies don't drink wine. It's an acquired he, he taste. Just, he just said he drinks wine. Yeah? There, I'm going to give you my spot. It's called 11 South. It's right on the beach. 11 South. It's a it's a 11 South. Nice wine. Nice little, you know. But just tell him I sent you. You'll be good to go. Oh, I will. <laughs> hey, hey, James, you, you have – the second best running back in Jags history sitting right here. That's fair to say. Yeah, he's second leading rusher in Jags history behind Fred Taylor. You, you have any questions for, for MJD? You want to hit him with something real quick? Um, How fast were you? Because I, I, I actually looked up and saw you were like a 4-3. Yeah, I was 4-3-ish. Were you really? Yeah, I was 4-3. Oh Man, my I could God. run a little bit. I, 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 think... I looked, I was like, I didn't think you were on that fast, but. <laughs> were you like all were you always that fast uh i was a track i was a track guy uh early on in my in my youth days but people don't understand how fast guys are on the field and i think that's the 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 part that like i could run four three but dude next to me is running four one or four two right or you could run a four six or a four five i'd like to see somebody's running a four one or four two Oh yeah, the Raiders had Stanford route ran four two something. You know, Chris Johnson ran four two. Uh, yeah. So we, I mean, you see those guys there. I mean, you know, I, I would tell you this: if I could give you some advice uh, in the off season, make sure that you train. You start training like two weeks after the season, and always do track. If you run track, your legs will always be there for you. I started. I stopped running track probably like year six, and my legs started to give out a little bit. So. If that's anything I can help you out with physically, or if there's anything, Tad has my number. Feel free to reach out, bro. I'm always around. I, I got to hang out with this guy. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> In this helipod. But, uh, hey, congratulations on all the success. It's it's awesome to see you have success and that team have success. Even though I know people there think I don't like them. I love the Jags. They they they, they, they made they, they you make do. you. Yeah, they make you who you are. Of course Those you teams, do. awesome. Hey, James, man, good luck against the Bengals. Um, I'm sure you've already heard this, but they're giving up uh, over 180 yards on the ground. So I'm sure everybody that has you on their fantasy football teams expects you to have another big game this week. Appreciate the time, brother, and, and good luck this weekend, okay? Thank you for having me. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our sponsors. And if you're a sports fan like me and a fantasy football fan as well, you know about DraftKings. You can play daily fantasy on there, and you probably have been for the last couple of years. Now you can bet as well. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to turn $1 into 100 bucks when they bet on any team. That's right. You place a $1 bet on any team. If that team wins, you cash in for 100 bones. How good is that? DraftKings, safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code 
HeliPod when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. You pick any team during week two, you bet a dollar, and you win a hundred. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, that's one dollar, and you win a hundred. Promo code HeliPod during sign-up. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let me tell you about a company called Vaco, started by one of my good buddies, Brian Waller, many years ago. Back in 2002, one of the co-founders, Vaco is the premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill that C-suite position, Vaco has you covered, and they have you covered in a lot of different places. Accounting, finance, technology, healthcare IT, operations, administration, or international managed services. Vaco has grown to serve over 40 markets across the globe. They have 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue since 2002. At Vaco, they do it right. Check them out, vaco.com. For more info on how Vaco connects people to their dream jobs and helps leading companies find talent to grow their business. I want to tell you about something that I started about two months ago now. It's a product called True Niagen. Uh, if you want to invest in your long-term health like I have, I think you should try them out. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise, we don't sleep enough, and even when we're exposed to a virus. There's only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approvals for safety. That's TrueNiagen. Additionally, TrueNiagen, NSF certified for sport. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com to learn more. And finally, Greens Plus, a health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse those green superfoods into a bar. Those bars and powders, they're tasty. I, I use them probably five to six times a week. I feel better when I do. It's the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. All organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. You can get it at Whole Foods or on Amazon, or if you go to greensplus.com, you're gonna get 20% off using the promo code Heli. That's greensplus.com, 20% off using the promo code H-E-L-L-I-E. I love the chocolate protein bars and the wild berry superfood powder. Check it out. Dude, I I think uh, J-Rob, Spinna, JR, I think he's going to be able to carry the torch for you. I know there was Leonard Fournette in between, but I, what a nice kid. Uh, he's awesome. You know, you, you've heard, you only hear great things about him, but the one thing that I, I've always heard is he works hard. And, and, and you know, for him uh, to have so much success right away, he's a very quiet person, and that's good. You don't want guys to get a lot of success and then change who they are. He yeah. is who he is, um, and, and that's exciting to see. And, and hopefully they can keep it going. Like, you know, we always, we're, we're known – and down there in Duval County for running back. So he has a, he's the next guy that's carrying the torch. 
Long list, man. Fred Taylor, you, Jonathan Stewart had a couple of good years. James Stewart. Uh, James Stewart. I'm thinking uh, Carolina. Carolina. Thank you. I've done that twice now, this pod. And then I got the Allens. I got the Stewarts. I got to get my stuff straight. Uh, it's time for a new segment, MJD. It's called uh, They Are Who We Thought They Were, courtesy of uh, Denny Green. Love Denny Green. May he rest in peace. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right. I can never get enough of that audio. Uh, that is uh, that is one of Denny Green's <laughs> finest moments. Okay, they are who we thought they were. Green Bay. We both predicted the win over the Saints. The Packers' offense has absolutely exploded. They lead the NFL with 41 points per game. 122 through three games is the sixth most ever for a 3-0 team. Aaron Rodgers... Had a fire lit underneath him, and now it is a five-alarm blaze. Nine touchdown passes, zero picks. Without Devontae Adams, he spread the ball around to eight different receivers. Alan Lazard, six catches, 146 yards. Looks like a legit number two. You throw in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and this receiving core is actually more than just Devontae and the Miracles. Uh, The defense, not the steel curtain, but it's good enough. And by the way, props to Matt LaFleur. He went from surprise hire in Green Bay to 16-3 and three in the regular season as a head coach so far. And how about this? Not only are the Packers for real, but up next they have the Falcons 0-3. They have the Bucks, which is going to be a tough game. The Texans 0-3. So combined record 2-7 and seven for the next three opponents for the Packers. They are who we thought they were. Uh, I think they, you're exactly right. I, I, it's not that they lit a fire on them. Yes, they drafted a quarterback, which I, I, I don't know why they did that, but – it's Aaron Rodgers in the second system of an explosive system. So you see this Sean McVay, you see this Kyle Shanahan with quarterbacks, uh, first round guys or second round quarterbacks that are that are pretty good. But then you see this system with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's what you're seeing here now. Like, and that's what it comes down to. Lafleur is a little bit of McVay, a little bit of Shanahan, um, a little bit of Gary Kubiak from the Minnesota Vikings. But that same system is in Green Bay putting up points. That's what it can be. That's what it, they, they, you know, we saw it a little bit with Sean McVay with the Rams. We saw a little bit uh, a little bit of it with uh, the Niners running the ball the way they run the ball. But the Green Bay Packers, the way they use play-action pass and the way Aaron Rodgers is making it go, it, it, it's special. For me, it's not going to be as happy. I don't have as many stats and all that stuff. But <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, you are who we – they are who we thought they were, right? And it, come, it came down to going against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, a game where – you have an opportunity to go down the field and win the game in OT. Carson Wentz does a, uh, you know, becomes Superman, ties the game up. I don't know why you're struggling with the Bengals, but you are. Um, and instead of kicking a field goal, you get a false start. Um, you know, say a delay of game, or a delay of game, false start, whichever way it goes, and then you end up punting, playing for a tie. That is a problem. We like what as a as a as a football player, you never play for ties. You would, so, have been, you would have been pissed. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have been livid. I'd rather do the little throw-around play and try to score and then lose with them doing it than, you know, settling for a tie. That, that to me, tells me, like, you're just like, we just can't take any more losses. Like, we just have to try to, like, a tie is okay. Or and, on the flip side, is it saying our division is the NFC least and a tie is better than a loss and they throw one pass and they're in field goal range and they could win the ballgame? No, you can't think like that because as a football player – you, you only have so many opportunities to win, right? It's not like baseball. It's not like basketball. It's not like hockey. It's none of that. You have, you have 16 opportunities to put your best on the field, and you have to be aggressive in those opportunities. 
when you take your foot off the gas, and we saw this, I mean, this team has played, you know, week one, you have a 17-0 lead, you lose to the Washington football team. Week two, you get manhandled by the Rams. Week three, you know, this is a game for you to bounce back. You don't bounce back. At the end of the day, it comes down to these dudes. They're just not the team that we thought they were going to be, and that's why they are who we thought they were. They bounced, they bounced up just a little bit, just enough to tie instead of lose. Uh, they are going crazy in Philadelphia right now about what's going on with the Eagles. Okay, uh, time to pick a few games. We can just kind of rip through these, MJD. Yeah, no problem. Um, let's start with the Colts 2-1 and at the Bears 3-0. and uh, Nick Foles getting the start at quarterback. And here's the deal. He's way better as a relief pitcher than he is a starter. No okay, question. 105 passer rating coming off the bench, just 88 when he starts. And here's the other really interesting thing to me is he's going up in his first start for the Bears against the Colts, who are coached by Frank Reich, and he is as responsible as anybody for Frank Reich getting that head coaching job because of the Super Bowl MVP season that he had there in Philadelphia when Reich was his OC. Yeah, that means nothing to me. At the end of the day, this comes down to defense. Um, the, the Colts can score points. Uh, their defense scored uh, really well against the Jets. I want to say it was two pick sixes from Sam Darnold. Um, but I, I just think the Bears' defense is going to be too much. That's just me. And I think the receivers for the, the Chicago Bears are better when Nick Foles is there. They're, their routes are a little bit more crisp. They know the ball is going to be where it needs to be. Allen Robinson is still a dog. Finally had a game. Yeah, right. Better chemistry with, yeah. with Foles in one game than two years with Trubisky. And so I, I just think, you know, if they can – run the ball the way they, they have and, and get those guys involved in the passing game, it may be too much for the Colts. Let's not forget, okay, the Colts lost to the Jags week one. And Phillip Rivers is going to throw a pick. That's Every game he's going to throw a one. So I just think that may be the, the, the end of it. So you're going Bears I'm going over Bears, Colts. Yeah. All right, we disagree right from the jump. I'm yeah. going Colts 26-20. Let's go. By the way, in case you're keeping score at home, which I know all of you are, 14-4 and coming into the week with my picks. Uh, MJD, 12-6 and after besting me last week. Uh, he only got one game wrong. That was his Rams against the Bills. We actually both got that one wrong. And then I was also wrong on Monday night. I thought the Ravens would take care of business against the Chiefs. That didn't happen, obviously. No, all right, we're on to uh, pick number two. Browns 2-1 and one at the Cowboys 1-2. and two. Dak is slinging it, obviously. 450-plus uh, passing yards in back-to-back games. Zeke's looking a little bit more like a grinder than an elite back to me right now. There's no D in Big D. The defense has allowed 39 points to Atlanta and 38 to Seattle in back-to-back games. Well, good thing they're not playing either one of them this week. That's a very valid point. Uh, Cleveland's strength, as you know all too well, the running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Here's the thing with Dallas. They've had six turnovers the last two games. I think they're going to clean that up, and I think they're going to go on a run here, man. They play the Giants in Arizona, Washington, and Philadelphia. They're going to be 6-2, and two, and we're going to be talking about Dallas having turned things around and being a contender in the it's NFC. It's crazy how your schedule can change things for you, right? But I, I think Dallas, this game comes down to the quarterback to me. Um, it comes down to it can Baker Mayfield continue to play better can he be better than he's been the last couple of weeks and then is Dak going to continue to play at the higher rate that he's playing with throwing the ball to me it's just Dak at the end of the day like Dak Dak over Baker receiving core both defenses give up a ton of points but I just think there's there's more talent um which is crazy to say that I mean I you look at the Cowboys roster they has got talent all over the place no, 100%. Uh, the defense needs to play a little bit better. I'm going to go Dallas, though. 32-26. You're going Dallas as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, Pittsburgh at this Tennessee. This should be a quick one. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we talked about it at the at the top of the show. 
Um, the Titans not even going to be able to get in the facility. They're closed until Saturday. They're going to probably have a practice and a walkthrough. They have uh, 10 players, staff members combined that uh, have COVID. It, this is going to be hard, man. This is going to be hard to get ready for a really good football team in the Steelers when you're going to have maybe one practice and maybe one walkthrough all week. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh's too good for that. I, 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 I was going to pick Pittsburgh regardless in this game. I just feel like their defense is just too dominant, um, and their offense is getting better each week. Uh, but especially with the whole COVID situation now, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and J James Conner, back-to-back 100-yard games. The Titan defense is a concern for me. I think the Steelers win. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be 32-30. Uh, Steelers oh, win that one. Guess what? That's the team that brought Barry Berlin. That was his first team. Yeah, Pittsburgh everybody forgets about that. He yeah. spent three or four years in Pittsburgh essentially as a backup linebacker mm -hmm. and then took less money to go to New England, ended up there, won three Super Bowls, was uh, bookends there with our good buddy Willie McGinnis and mm -hmm. had an unbelievable playing career, three-time Super Bowl champion. Okay, Vikings at the Texans, the battle of the 0-3 teams, the Vikings. Someone got to win. Yeah, we, unless they exactly. Tie. <laughs> Which we see teams that play for those. So no, oh, man, you are just hating on the Eagles. <clears throat> I'm just being honest. No, I think you are, and I think the uh, Philadelphia fans appreciate that. Vikings also dealing with some uh, COVID issues because they were the team that mm -hmm. played the Titans, so they had to shut down for a little while. Breakout game last week for Justin Jefferson. Moved from the slot to outside, that resulted in 175 been. yards. Dalvin Cook exploded career yeah. high, 181 yards against Tennessee. Um, that all being said, when it comes down to – uh, the nuts and bolts of this game for me, I trust Deshaun Watson more than I trust Kirk Cousins. Kirk Very Cousins simple. has been absolutely terrible And this the year. Vikings' defense has been just as bad as well. So to me, it's just, look, Deshaun Watson, they're, they're, they're due to have a kind of get-back-on-track game. And, you know, in this, because I know I know we're going to do our fantasy pick things, uh, our, our locks yep. of the week. I'll just give it to you right now. Will Fuller is one of my locks of the week, my fantasy stud of the week uh, in the receiver position because, again, the Vikings are so beat up. We know the Texans want to throw the ball. This is a good week to have him in your lineup. All right, so we're uh, both picking Texans. I'm going 24-20 in that one. Patriots at Kansas City. Patriots have second uh, seven takeaways. That's tied for uh, the NFL lead. I, I think they have to have at least two to have a chance in this one. What do the Patriots do best defensively? They take away your main weapon. What is the main weapon at Kansas City? They don't have a main weapon. They have several main weapons. That's why I I can't bet against. Yeah, Kansas I mean, City even here. when they had Tom Brady and they were playing these games, uh, and they won that 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 AFC Championship game, it was thirty one what like thirty one thirty four or something like that or something high score. Right, it was a high scoring Kansas game. Kansas City sure. Chiefs score points. If you can't score with them, that's your fault. I'm picking the Chiefs. All right, I am too. Thirty four twenty four. I think this is going to be a relatively easy win. Uh, for the Chiefs. Bills 3-0 and at the Raiders 2-1. and I'm going to love to watch the gamesmanship here from Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier to see if he employs the same tactic that He's Belichick not. did. He's, He's not going to double the check down guy? No, no. They're going to they're gonna just run their cover two scheme, their bend-don't break. That's what they do. And, and that's what the Rams struggled with early on uh, was the bend-don't break. But I think uh, the one thing the Buffalo Bills have um, or the advantage over the Raiders, they have their healthy. Yeah. Right. And that, that's the biggest issue right now. The Raiders aren't healthy. You're missing two of your receivers, offensive lines banged up. Uh, and that front four can get pressure on the quarterback and, and from Buffalo. So to me, and then at the end of the day, Josh Allen's playing really well right now. He's playing as good as any quarterback in football, you could say. Yeah. So uh, I think even though I know they're going all the way to Vegas, um, I believe in the Bills right now. 
I love the Bills. I'm a Bills believer. I just feel like just uh, we can't go chalk uh, all the way across the board. I need to differentiate myself from you as a as a true um, soothsayer, uh, an all-knowing game picker. Yeah. I'm going upset alert here. Raiders 28. Back. Raiders bounce back from what happened yeah. in New England. 28-26. I just and here With all those receivers hurt. Here's what I think they're going to do. I think they are going to ride Josh Jacobs. I think the belly of that Buffalo defense is weak. Defensive tackles, Ed Oliver, Quentin Jefferson, Harrison Phillips, Vernon Butler. They had three tackles combined they're not, they're against going, the Rams. But they're not going against that starting offensive line. Uh, Richie Incognito's out. Uh, the tackle, the right tackle that they paid a bunch of money hey, to. Hey, next man up, MJD. Yeah, that, that mean he's talented, though. Next man up. And by the way, they have to travel to Las Vegas. I think that makes a difference, as you've said before, in terms of the travel. You alluded to it, um, the fantasy gold segment that we're going to do for the first time this week, because um, I think people want to hear what you have to think yeah, fantasy-wise. Um, we're going to give you two players going into the weekend, not always going with the obvious picks here. Uh, my first guy, Kenyon Drake. Fifty. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Come on. 59 touches in three games. That's tied for seventh most in the NFL. He hasn't done a whole lot yet. Just 239 We're scrimmage yards. We're all waiting yards, on him right now. Just one touchdown. He's only been targeted five times, which is He's weird. He's not going to be targeted a lot. They just traded for D-Hop. They have all those other receivers. That's the one reason I try to stay away from him, but I understand because they're going against the Panthers. The Panthers give up a ton of points yes, to the they running do. back. So I see what you're doing. Thank I you. I get it. Thank you don't got to tell me about Kenyon Drake. No, it's less about Kenyon Drake. It's more about who he's going against okay. yeah. than, it, than it is him. So. And I do understand your point about D-Hop. In terms of target share... Uh, he's getting 35%. I mean, it's one out of every three balls is, is going to D-Hop. They better. Well, I, I think Kenyon Drake's going to have uh, more than 100 scrimmage yards against a lackluster Carolina run defense. And number two, Rob Gronkowski. Chris Godwin is out. There's going to be more balls to go around. He had a season-high 63 snaps after averaging just 48 over the first two games. And he had his best game. He had six catches for 48 yards. He's a run blocker. No, he's not a run blocker. He was just he's pulling a, your leg, man. So I'm going Gronk. Like, these aren't obvious picks, no, no, okay? That, so I'm going to give you one. I'll give you my two. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon going against the Jaguars. Like um, it? I love it because of this. The Jaguars' defense has been giving up a ton. You give up a lot of points to Miles Gaskin. I can see the Bengals trying to get their running game going, help with the play-action pass. And the Jags have just struggled with running backs, to be honest with you. Um, I know they played well against uh, Derrick Henry, but uh, Himes in the Colts game had a game. Uh, he did Jonathan that first Taylor. week. Like, yeah, guys were having games because so Joe Mixon has the ability there. And then, like I said, Will Fuller, it, it, there's certain things I always try to give people. There's certain teams that you try to target once the season goes on. You can see what they're doing. The Vikings in the passing game, that's a team that I'm going to target. It's just one of those things. They're, their DBs are young. They're banged up. Um, and we know the Houston Texans want to throw the ball. They'll get Will Fuller going. I'm excited to see, and I want to see Deshaun Watson finally win. Because I actually picked him to be the MVP this year because without Diop, like he was going to have a great. Uh, I thought he could have a decent season. Um, it, he just needs to get back on track. All right, fantasy gold. There you go, you, you, dude. You've been dealing with fantasy since you were playing. No question. You know me. That's what I do. You just you were. You are somebody who saw the value of embracing fantasy as a player, and it actually kind of helped get you into media. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, you know. I can't say I'm the smartest person in the world, even though I did go to UCLA. Oh, um, God, please. But, you know, people were against fantasy, and fantasy was one of the, the major components of growing the NFL. Right? 100%. The NFL went from $2 billion to $5 billion because of fantasy football, and I just wanted a piece of the pie. That's all it was. <laughs> you're and so you're I, a greedy I, smurf. Hey, man, listen, I'll be whatever you call me. Just don't call <laughs> me broke. Um, but I tell you this much. It's been awesome because you get to interact with a lot of people. Uh, it's another way to interact with our fans. 
and then you know you get to compete and at the end of the day i'm, I'm probably one of the biggest competitors there is in this world so. well i and i know that and the good news is uh I'm, I'm beating in you in the picks 14 to 4, 12 to 6 <laughs> through three weeks. You, we could be playing basketball and you can be up two points. Here's what we're going to do. 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 It was one of the low points in my life, actually. I, I, hope, uh, still, I, hope, I hope you go. I bring you back there again right now. Oh, no. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll tell the story. MJD challenged me to a game of one-on-one. -on -one. No, you were talking trash to me in the, in the green room. Like, I couldn't play. And I was like, Dan, we can go out there and play right now. And you were like, all right, let's go. I'm like okay and we went and here here's the thing he's a bully okay we get out there on the court he's he's fouling me he's yes. bodying me up at that time he probably weighed 240 pounds i'm a, a a svelte 198 pushing him around he wanted to play a man's game we weren't playing what you thought it was nba dude you can't foul me on every play but Why he not? would dude let me tell you something and this is what you forget about people like mjd because looks can be deceiving at times and this like i said he looks good now he would he had put on a little weight back then this is a couple probably two years ago but he's an athlete, man. This is a world-class athlete. He ran a 4-3. He would body me up. I don't care if he's 5-3, okay? He was bodying me. I couldn't five, even. 5-8. Could, sorry. No disrespect intended. It's, yeah, but you're taller than me. You still lost. That was the problem. I know. But you know what? So bad. Rematch is coming, baby. Rematch oh, well, And we'll film it, and we'll put it on the pod, and I'll drag you again for the world uh, to see. No, we're not, because I've been working out. F45. That's fine. You can do, work out all you want to. It'll be you can play basketball. I'm going to start doing legs. Okay, whatever you want to do. All right, see you next week, buddy.